The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan, the podcast that takes you on an exhilarating journey through the captivating realm of custom technology. Don't miss out on this thrilling auditory expedition into the mesmerizing world of custom technology. Welcome to The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. We are happy to have you here. Well done, sir. Our timing is getting better and better. We're, we've got this. I think I've got it. <laughs> now, you think the joke is uh, a dead horse at this point? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> We're just going to keep doing it. We promise uh, we'll talk about some fun things after you get past these dumb jokes. I promise. <laughs> well, and that brings us to uh, the topic today, which is a little bit more uh, story focused. We're going to talk about some different design approaches for different rooms of the house. And so far, we've been talking a lot about specific technologies. Here's this system or this system or this category of product. And so, and I think that was necessary. But a designer, although that is the, uh, the set of tools that we use, design is really about the room and the space that you're in. I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it. It's, it, it really is about uh, making a room or space into something. And the technology is just a tool to fulfill that purpose. Uh, what I thought we'd do today is go through some different rooms and tell some, uh, some stories and walk through some of the design ideas that came through the client's dreams and what were some of the strategies that we used uh, to bring those rooms uh, to life. So, Mark, why don't we start with bonus room? Let's say that you've got uh, a room over a garage and somebody comes in and says, you know, we want to put something together. Uh, what does that look like? Yeah, one of my favorite projects that I ever have worked with a client uh, pretty close to where our location is. When I first met this client, he was just obsessed with getting incredible sound and incredible picture to give him a, a theater experience. That's what he wanted. And everyone that he had worked with in the past had basically just been like, yeah, you know, you can do that. Here's a TV and here's some speakers and it's going to be good. He had a room that was kind of the mid-level of, of the house. It was kind of like a bi-level portion of the house and it was over top of the garage. And it had three windows in it and everyone had told him, you can't do a projector in here. You can't do that. So he had, I think at the time, a 70-inch 70, 70 television, like whatever we could get at the time or... And then some builder grade speakers that he had somebody just toss in and he wasn't really happy about it. So we kind of took a step back and we're like, well, okay, uh, at the time, the new Sony short throw projector had just been released. The, it was like 25 grand or something like that. And I'm like, Hey, this is a real option for you. Like we really need to focus on this. What was it about the short throw idea that was imperative to the design? Tell me yeah, about the yeah. room and the, like why the short throw. Yeah, so the wall that the screen was on is opposite from two windows. So the two windows being the front of the house. And there was another window if you're facing the screen to the left. And it was a large kind of two bay window. So you had three essentially 70 inch by 70 inch windows around this room. And because it's kind of the mid-level of the home where you kind of make a U-turn to go upstairs to the bedrooms, uh, the client didn't like the idea of having a projector hanging down and people possibly walking in front of the image. Uh, so got it. 
so two things a short throw projector is going to do. Uh, we can pair it with a screen that's going to be that's going to reject a lot of that ambient light in the room. Uh, now that doesn't mean he can keep his windows all the way open, but we did automated shades to be able to control the amount of light that comes into the space. Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah. So, but you know, essentially, we utilize the the short throw projector with the proper screen to reject some of that ambient light and also, you know, get rid of the the possibility of having someone walk in front of the the image and cast a shadow onto it because that was something that really concerned him also while the builder grade speakers gave him surround sound it wasn't necessarily perform the performance he was looking for so the previous person that he worked with with our company they had swapped him to some better i think they're bowers and wilkins uh 800 series in walls yes he actually went and cut out drywall and had these speakers put into the the studs and then re-drywalled and repainted and you know he's pretty happy with those but he wanted something kind of a step up so that was a eventually we we did another step up with uh the kef reference thx series speakers which uh we have five of those four they're in ceilings he's got four subwoofers and nine macintosh amps powering each of the passive speakers around the room so it legitimately is a home theater above a garage. Uh, honestly, I would compare it to if you've ever been to a Dolby Cinema and how much the room shakes when you're in there. It's just the same, but That's it's not awesome. too much. It's just it's it's done right. That's fantastic. That is absolutely phenomenal, man. That's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. It, and it reminds me of a a, a conversation I had with a an, a client where he had kind of more of a dedicated theater space. So it's not really a bonus room in the sense that he wanted, you know, other function to happen or, you know, you're missing walls. This one, it was a client uh, in the middle of farm country and beautiful house. You go down to the basement and you turn a corner, you go down another hall and you open this door and there is a three tier full cinema built into this <laughs> and I'm going well now I know why I drove for a couple hours to get out here to look at this thing because I mean when you say dedicated room like there's uh, curtains mm -hmm. all the way around the room so we're looking at this they had just bought the house so you've got theater seats you know one two and three you've got a spot for a projector but they were using an old presentation projector there wasn't a screen it was just sort of like tape on drywall <laughs> okay so and Ooh. my guess which i know i know it makes no sense and you're going like yep you spent all the money to build the room but then didn't put anything in it so okay okay <laughs> uh so the new client who who had just bought the house he's like i i've got the space what do we do here so we talked about doing a 160 inch screen uh, we did one of the new Epson uh, laser projectors, uh, RCAM receiver. We reused the existing speakers. They were actually pretty nice. Uh, he already had a couple of subwoofers and things like that. But it was pretty amazing the effect that the curtains, which were uh, acoustically uh, treated, had on that theater. And here's what I mean by that. When you walk into a regular room, and everybody's done this, you walk into a gym, hall, office, something along those lines, big open space, all you hear is reverb and echo. 
right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as you walk into this one, this room, even though it was large, there was no echo. You could hear a pin drop in that room. And so you never have to turn it up real loud to get an amazing, really crystal clear sound. And so it just, it was one of those projects that uh, was fantastic because we could really play up the movie theater kind of vibe. And uh, it really turned out really well, to be quite honest. It turned out really well. Actually, I I just love that you brought up the curtain stuff. That's the, the biggest kind of downside to that previous project I was talking about. And we were kind of waiting on something that's automated, which we have one of our vendors, I think, about to release an automated curtain rod that's going to allow them to put on some better fabric because realistically it needs to be open 99% of the time, but being able to close that when they're really having that movie experience would be important. And it's really going to help a lot of the sound from, to keep a lot of the sound from escaping into the rest of the house. Yeah. And you don't think about noise pollution until you get someplace quiet and then how calming that can be. And I know some folks you know, white noise is essential, right? You got to have a fan or something on and, and and that's fine. But there's the flip side of that same coin, which is to have a real quiet, calm space. And acoustic uh, material always uh, helps to provide that. And so it could be panels, it could be diffusion, it can be heavy curtains, <laughs> it can be, <laughs> you know, just the effect of a rug, you know, on a real basic level. It's not the same, I get it, but um, it really does make a, a big difference. So, Mark, have uh, you ever done uh, anything in a bedroom? Let's say somebody came to you and said, I want to put a system in a bedroom. How would you uh, have that conversation? Yeah, probably three or four years ago, and I got a lead submitted to me from one of my colleagues uh, at another location, and they were like, hey, you know, this client, they really love cinema. You know, not they didn't say theater room, which they said they said cinema, which is immediately kind of a trigger word for me to be like, this person really does appreciate good quality, like movie theater type stuff, you know, so projector screen, things like that. So I go out there and I'm like, all right, so where's where's the theater room? You know, where are we? Oh, well, we, we've already got our theater. It's good right now, but we're we're redoing our bedroom. And we're like, OK, so what do you think in, you know, television or something? no, we, we want to do a projector in our in our bedroom. <laughs> that's <Like>, awesome <laughs> okay cool so we get in there and it actually if you if you've ever been on a job site and you, you go to a new you know you got a new project you're walking around and the room just kind of fits perfectly with that outrageous design this one did the wall that their bed was on happened to be where a lot of the low voltage wiring was internet and they actually had audio already run in the room nice other than a center channel, we did have to retro a center channel, but they had four speakers in the ceiling and it was run to their bed. So we essentially just <clears throat> mounted a projector from the ceiling above their the head of the bed and they did a motorized drop down. It's like a 115 inch screen, basically a few feet from the foot of their bed. So it was, in my opinion, a little too close. <laughs> but, you know, for them, it was important. They wanted that immersive experience, even if they were laying in bed watching whatever they were watching at night. So, I mean, it was great. We had to do in ceiling. We couldn't do any speakers laying around on the floor, but worked out really well. And we, we, we brought the speakers in closer to the, the listening space, too. So it wasn't as 
spread out so we could kind of keep it at a good volume level without you know having to turn it up and the sound get lost in the rest of the space well and i just did a project for uh, a client who wanted a 98 inch television also <laughs> in his bedroom and you i know what people are probably thinking it's like you know well what's the deal here well you really the room determines where the design should go and i know that sounds silly but all things are relative right when you walk into the room there's a nook to the right that goes another six feet and it could have been quite honestly two rooms but it wasn't it was all one room and so you walk in it's not like it's a massive house it's not a mansion but where the wall that the tv would be on is about 25 feet away from where the head of the bed is so you think about that for a split second and you realize oh that's like a big living room so yeah actually now that you say it that way you start to realize well what did what would a good immersive nice design be here well there's relatively short ceilings i want to say they're only nine feet it's not like it's this big vaulted thing they didn't want to have a projector sitting over the bed which nothing wrong with that so we went to a big tv for that exact reason so that way they would have something that could be huge and immersive and you know that's where they watch television that's the whole idea is how they relax at the end of the day Uh, so going back to that idea that your purpose determines your design right and you have to really think through what makes sense for this space for this client not just well what could i do um Mm -hmm. because it's easy yeah you can throw a tv and a soundbar up there but how would you make it right? And that's really the question. So uh, let's move on to a different uh, room of the house. Uh, let's say that you have a bar area. What would you do or think about for a bar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of folks, it really, it it's kind of stems from the pandemic, but they did a lot more enter- entertaining at home of the family and then maybe some closer or extended family really for the, over the past couple of years. And because of that, they started think rethinking how they designed even spaces like a bar that they would have attached to maybe a bonus room or a theater room or just a, just some sort of entertainment space. Uh, and used to, it was, you know, maybe there was a refrigerator, a beverage cooler, an ice maker in this little built-in cabinet, and that was it. And now it's really become like a sports bar. You know, a lot of people are thinking, how can, if I'm entertaining and it's uh, Saturday or Sunday and the big football games are on and we want to watch a bunch of them, I want to be able to do that. So just today we had a, a project that they want four televisions on the back wall of their rec room. And there's a bar already there, but they are essentially going to tear all that out and redo it as if it's like you're sitting at a, you name it, sports bar here in town or wherever, uh, where there's going to be four displays on the on the wall above where the bar's going to be. So, uh, and, and we're also going to have its own dedicated sound, you know, drop down pendant speakers so the sound can be closer to the listeners. So if they're sitting at the bar, they can hear what's going on in those games, but they don't have to have the volume at 100 to hear that, which I thought was actually an awesome idea. It was pretty sweet, to be honest. Well, and I'm glad that you said that I've done a bar uh, as a project, <laughs> like an actual yep. uh, restaurant, and 
uh, that's exactly how we did the audio was those drop down pendant speakers and they were surprisingly inexpensive. I want to say they were, you know, 380 or $400 or something along those lines. So, I mean, there's a cost there, but you think about that, all things considered for a commercial grade uh, product. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. And they come with aircraft cable that you can hang from. And so we had to run the wire, obviously, along the rafters. And it's this big room, kind of an A-frame, um, you know, wooden lodge style feel uh, to it. And we also put a projector in there. We put a screen that was motorized. So... They could have a drop-down screen. There was a stage on one side, so if they wanted to have bands or things along those lines, they could do that. If they wanted it to be a big game experience, you'd have a big screen that you could do ambient light rejecting so the windows on the left side didn't bother the picture quality and um, things like that. But all of it was ceiling hung, and all the wires went back to this corner where we put a small rack and put all the equipment in there. So the receiver was there, cable box was there, um, we put a universal remote control so everything would kind of fit right in that spot. Um, but those pendant speakers, man, uh, they also have an 8-inch subwoofer that hangs from the ceiling as well. So you talk Sweet. about <laughs> filling out the sound of these big spaces. You don't want to put uh, a 1,000 speakers everywhere. I understand that doesn't make sense from a design perspective. But you also don't not want necessarily want to do these two giant PA speakers either. Just because that's what they do at a concert doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. That balance between even distribution as well as some size, that way you get kind of that best of both worlds. You never have to crank it. It's never loud and uncomfortable. It's always a great place to go and watch a game because the sound is right, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, since we're talking about it, and not to go on a tangent, but... I've always thought about, like, you go to a concert, right? And I, I'm getting old, so I'm going to say it. It's just too dang loud nowadays when you go to these <laughs> shows. What if more venues did... I mean, obviously, outdoor venues are a little bit more difficult. But, like, what if indoor ven- venues did more projects like what you were just talking about, right? Where you could have a concert, a show, you know... You and I grew up listening to punk rock at, at one point. Like, I don't know how punk rock this is, but, like... You know, having that even distribution of sound across the space to where I don't get alerts on my watch telling me that my ears are going to die if I don't get out of this in 30 minutes. Like, right? It, it, Does that, wouldn't, wouldn't that be something to try? I don't know. What do you well, think? Well, I, I think so. And my proof of concept for that is one of my cousins. Here's why I bring him up. He showed me this band that is essentially classic punk rock and classic heavy metal riffs but it's all done at half speed. And he goes, I really like heavy metal and I like all the riffs, but I'm older now. And so I can't go as fast and as hard as I used to go. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I still like that kind of music, but I don't want to, you know, go all the way down that speed rabbit trail and I want to just enjoy it. And it's like, and I don't know if you've seen this uh, here in Nashville, we have concerts uh, out at the Parthenon by Candlelight. Yeah. And I had some clients that just went to one of those. They were fantastic. They were came back raving about it for that exact reason. It was very comfortable. The sound was clean. The sound was clear, but it wasn't uh, overpowering or anything like that. So you have a nice time. It's hard to get on that tangent. I just, it's like an idea that <laughs> popped into my head. So. This is why you're a designer, Mark. <laughs> I know. I know. 
<laughs> All right. Let's say that uh, you were outside and uh, you wanted to design a system. Do you have any uh, examples of good design uh, or things to think about uh, when designing an outdoor system? Again, another one of those huge things that we've been doing a lot of is more people have spent more time at home. But actually during the, basically, I, I want to say it's probably two months after lockdown, I had a client that was wanting to have a movie experience at their pool. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, you know, are you talking like, you know, I'm, we've all seen it, the the blow-up screen that you get from, you know, wherever, and, uh, you know, a data projector that you drag in, and they plug in a couple of computer speakers, and they're like, no, we, we want to do a, a theater outside that's something that's going to give us incredible performance when we want it, but, you know, obviously it being a projector and a screen, knowing that we may have to take some equipment in and out every once in a while. I was like, yeah, sure, sure. We'll come out and take a look at it. And what we ended up doing was a landscape system for audio around the entire pool. And we actually separated it into a couple of different zones. Why? So uh, specifically for certain sitting areas. So they had a pergola, which we'll get to that here in a second, because that also kind of housed the projector and screen. But we had a couple of speakers there. So if you're there's a hot tub under that pergola. So if you're sitting in the hot tub or you're at the, the grill, you could listen to something. We had 14 speakers around the pool. And then at the other end of that 14 speakers, there was like another little patio sitting area. And then they had a covered area of their porch that you could see the screen from. And then they also had another side of the pool that was a, the close to the house where they had some uh, like tanning seats like that you would lay down on to tan. As much as it seems kind of silly, like, why didn't we do it all as one zone? You might not be sitting the ones closest to the house, especially. That was right next to their primary bedroom. And while these are very directional and you don't really have to worry about that much sound traveling behind you, being able to control that sound was important. But you think about the purpose, right? You've got... Yeah. Right? Every one of those areas was designed for a distinct purpose. And yep. so you want to control the sound in each one of those specific areas. So, yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. And then, uh, but you could all, everyone could view essentially the pergola. The pergola was uh, the back, well, if you're looking at the pool, kind of on the back right side at the end of the pool, and there was just a little bit of hardscape, and then it kind of dropped off, and that's where the pergola started. And that's actually, they had the, the, the at the edge of the pergola, that's where we hung the screen, and it was a... A motorized screen one of our vendors uh, makes that as uh, it's it rolls up into a little uh, like six by six or it might have been like a four by four canister that's metal and so we took and just mounted two two mounts outside that they would just bring this thing out there it's battery powered so you hook it up oh. when you want to watch it um, and it just rolls down with a it's automated. Uh, and then we did a, there's actually a uh, third party company we worked with uh, called Deer TV. We, ended, we just, they had to buy it direct from them, but it, they make an outdoor projector enclosure. Oh, that's so awesome. It, it, it actually was pretty cool. Um, it hangs from a normal projector pole, what you would think. Um, but instead of being a mount at the bottom, it's a box that has a fan on it and it, uh, you put the projector in there. 
and it's got a rubber seal that allows you to run your cables into it, similar to how outdoor TV, outdoor TVs work. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, but my favorite part about this is we did a uh, a 360 degree rear projection material on the screen. So when they drop the screen, it's actually between the hot tub and the pool. Meaning you can sit in the pool and view it, or you can sit in the hot tub on the other side of the screen and see it, or be cooking at and under the other part of the pergola and still view the screen. Obviously, one way is going to be backwards, so if you're watching something with a bunch of words on it, you won't be able to read it. I, I think we made it reverse on the the pergola side because most of the time they're going to be viewing it from the the pool side. But still, it, it was essentially two different viewing spaces well, off of multiple one. viewing spaces <laughs> off of one screen, which is really cool. And if you're watching sports or anything like that, you know, it, yeah. you really couldn't tell a difference other yeah. than the words on screen. Yeah, they go to the right side versus the left side, but the game is still the game. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, man, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that there's different zones with different purposes because I think that's one of the things you want to ask yourself as you're thinking through an outdoor space, what are the potential uses that we're going to have? Uh, I did a project for some folks at a lake house and they had three, four different outdoor zones, I wanna say. And each one of them had their own specific purpose. So one was a boat dock, which as you can imagine, we wanted some sound. <laughs> so when yeah. you're swimming in the lake, you can enjoy your tunes and have a good time. And so we had to design a subwoofer and some speakers, landscape audio is what we decided to do that would kind of project out towards the boat dock so they could have music there. Then you go up a pathway, you come around and down some steps, and they were these awesome huge Tennessee stones. Um, but they led down to like a fire pit area. Now in the fire pit area, you wanna have music, but you're really there to smoke cigars and drink some bourbon and have a conversation and- Roast marshmallows, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's gonna be a much more intimate. <laughs> Man, you get me going on some s'mores. Let me tell yep. you, <laughs> uh, fat kid at heart, uh, yep. if, if that's a thing. <laughs> yep, it is. It's a thing. But that's kind of the purpose for for that space. And so we had to think about the audio a little bit differently. So we still had landscape, um, but that was aimed inward as opposed to outward. So that way it would fill in that little area and you didn't have to turn it up very loud in order to get a nice volume. And quite honestly, we did better quality speakers there. Because the whole point was that you want to have clarity and detail at a lower level volume. Then the third space is a deck. This comes off the main house. So you walk back up the stairs, you go around these uh, winding woods, uh, and you get to this deck. And so we did in-ceiling speakers for the deck, and that's where the grill was. And that's where they had a dining table, and there's a TV out there. And so when you wanted to just watch a game and eat lunch or eat dinner or something along those lines, you could enjoy that space for what its purpose was. And then the last outdoor space was upstairs. They had this walkout off the kitchen. And okay. there's this little screened in porch. I want to say maybe like 10 by 15, not huge, but we put a pair of speakers up there. So that way, if you wanted to listen to music or listen to the news or something along those lines uh, for breakfast, you could do that too. So that's a much more intimate setting 
And so again, we went to a better quality of speaker. So that way we wouldn't have to blare it. We're not trying to go crazy there, but each space, because it was kind of dedicated or purposeful, we were able to really get the right design uh, for each one of them. Of course, everything was run off of a control system, which meant that it was easy to use. You pull out your phone, you click a button, you pick the room you're in, and what you want to do, and that was it. And it was so, so, so easy to use. And uh, to this day, they asked me, like, so what's new in technology and what's going on? And the, <laughs> this, is, this is going back three, four years. And I'm like, nothing is really better <laughs> than what you have. <laughs> um, and it's not because technology doesn't continue to improve. But because each space was correctly designed, like we fit the need, like that's that's really more what it was about. So, what about uh, garages or shops? Um, have you ever designed a, a system for a garage? I've got uh, a couple of them actually, but uh, I'm going to mention two if that's cool. Yeah, um, just because one of them is. Uh, was a client that we just finished up, I want to say it was probably about six months ago, and he works in real estate. He knows a lot of people. They entertain quite a bit at the home, so their house is very purpose-built. Like It's beautifully decorated, but we, we did a lot of different audio solutions that kind of disappeared into the, the, the spaces around the home, but the garage was probably my favorite, and the reason why is that was the place where he goes to just hang out. So when he gets home, he goes out there and he just might tinker around on one of the golf carts that he has or something along those lines. The coolest part was that whenever they are entertaining, that becomes, that's where the dance party's held. Yes. So, yes. So it's a four car garage, two car garage doors, if that makes sense. But it's just one big garage. And we did 12 speakers in the ceiling just across that whole space to give you even distribution of sound. Nice. With multiple subwoofers in that space. When they really had that, you know, they have a lot of folks over and maybe the kids are inside and hanging out. The, the adults can go into the garage and that's where they can have the, the party, so to speak. Uh, it was uh, an awesome experience to be in. And I mean, I, I said earlier, like I felt like I was getting, I'm getting too old for going to shows and stuff. It was as loud as a concert venue in that <laughs> in that garage when you have the garage door shut and the cool thing was if they opened up the garage doors i mean it just let all that sound out into the into their driveway and they'd have cookouts and stuff out there too so it's kind of cool that's awesome my other one i kind of have to call it out because really it was something that my wife and i actually used to go and visit with them during the pandemic uh during the summer right after lockdown he and his uh girlfriend at the time they had that if you recall the screen we were talking about earlier, the battery powered, um, but we decided to have Friday night movie nights during the pandemic. It was Friday or Saturday, one of those. So we, you know, shut our store down at six o'clock. My wife and I would go get get food and drive over there, and like eight of their neighbors would all show up. He had a, a special mount that he would hang from airplane cables and hang it down in front of the garage door. And it would drop down in front of the garage door. And then he had two speakers that were on kind of angled mounts that would angle out from the garage door when it opened. So it basically became a little two-channel theater space. It was pretty awesome. We'd have to roll the projector out and sit it out there, but we got it low enough to where it wasn't in anyone's view. And we had, a, I think it was a horror movie 
So like The Conjuring or something, we watched all of those movies, which I'm not a horror person. It scared me to death. I'll never do it again. Uh, but <laughs> hey, you and me uh, both, but, man. I'm a yep. giant scaredy cat. Yeah, we can uh, talk yeah. about, yeah, yeah but it's, uh, it's, it took away a lot of the stress and worry of the first couple of months of that during the, the lockdown. And really, you know, we were all outside, able to hang out together. And it actually brought their neighbors in and made them closer with their neighbors too, which was kind of cool. So, well, and I think that's phenomenal because there's two directions I want to take that. One, if you've ever watched a horror movie with no sound, it's not scary. So if anybody ever asks, like, why do I want to have a surround sound system? Uh, why should I have a stereo? What's the deal? Like, as soon as you realize that sound is 50% of your experience. And so I'm sorry I had to be on a soapbox for like 10 seconds there. Uh, <laughs> um, but you're right. Like, it's about community. It's about hanging out. It's about building relationships. And that's the whole point. It brings people together. And uh, I think that is just absolutely fantastic and phenomenal because again it takes you to that transcendent purpose now it's not just oh i want to watch a movie it's no i want to enjoy an event with my friends and with my neighbors i mean yeah that, that is absolutely fantastic well i've got one for uh an office which is kind of where we're going to go next i had a client if that uh is really kind of a closet audiophile. And I say that because he'll never really admit to it, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, well, I don't really care. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then before you know it, an hour later, we're like, well, okay, I guess this makes the most sense. I guess we're going to go ahead and do this. And so he has a very, very, very small office. And I say very small, I mean like eight by six. So there's enough room for a couple chairs, a desk on one side, and that's pretty much it <laughs> and so um he also has um a uh, a medical condition which i won't go into the details but the short version is the way that he relaxes he has a glass of wine and he listens to classical music and it helps him uh when uh that there's a certain time of day if it starts to get bad he knows like that's his therapy he can sit down and he can turn on the stereo. And so this is a system that was built, quite honestly, over time. He started with a pair of bookshelf speakers and an integrated uh, Macintosh amp. And then we upgraded and we went from one series, like the entry-level version of Martin Logan's. And then we went up to a second tier of Bowers and Wilkins. It's kind of like their middle tier. And then we added a CD player. And then we added a project turntable. <laughs> And then we upgraded the turntable. We went to a Macintosh turntable. Uh, then we added a tube amp uh, to bi-amp the speakers. Then we added a subwoofer. Then we upgraded the speakers to 800 <laughs> series bookshelf speakers. And I mean, this is over the course of years. Uh, but every time, and this is the reason why I bring it up, every time we changed that system, he was able to re- listen to his collection as if he was listening to it to the first time all of his music became alive again all of his music became the first time i heard that song and the impact and the emotion and everything that he felt when he first heard it because every time we adjusted the system it sounded a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and so it's like you don't have to just put all your eggs in one basket take your time develop a relationship, build that system over time. 
and see where you can end up in four or five or six years is in this awesome, awesome, awesome place. And you'll know and enjoy the journey just as much as you do the actual experience itself. So it was it was pretty, pretty incredible. That's awesome. How about you, man? You ever do an office? I have. I have. I've done a couple, but one comes to mind. Um, it's a client that I've worked with for probably five or six years. And, you know, the first project I ever did with them was a TV in his living room over a fireplace. But he wanted better sound. And we couldn't do anything other than on wall speakers because of where it was. So we did some on wall Martin Logan speakers. Okay. But he always would come back in and say, I really want, we, I actually went out the first time and taped out some electrostatic speaker locations. Nice. In that room, thinking this is what we're going to do here. And it just, it, it wasn't a decision that really could be made because it was just not going to work in that space. There wasn't enough room for them. You had to let them breathe off the wall and it was just going to be, they're going to be sitting out in the middle of the room. It just wasn't going to look good. So we did some on walls and, so over the years, he would come in and listen to some speakers every once in a while. And about two years ago or so, he's like, all right, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm redoing my office. I'm remodeling. I'm putting in some built-ins. It's, it's going to be awesome, but I need some, a great music system that I could just have music playing on when I just want to listen to music or when I want to play my guitars. I know I mentioned built-ins a second ago. The cool thing about those built-ins is it wasn't for a bunch of office storage or printers. It was for guitar amps and pedal boards and all this stuff. <laughs> and they were all going to be already plugged in. So essentially, if he decided he wanted to use his vintage Fender amp, he would go to this bookshelf and he'd pull out a drawer and it's this full amp and he just dropped the pedal board on the floor and plugged whatever guitar around the room into the, the board and be able to play right there, which I was like, this is super cool, you know? Uh, he also wanted to be able to listen and play along to some of the music. So we ended up doing a, a mid-tier pair of Bowers and Wilkins speakers. Um, he wanted a television integrated, but wanted it to not look like a TV. So we have this thing called the frame. I'm sure we, we've never talked about it before. The, the frame, frame TV. TV. The, the frame, frame TV. TV. The, the frame, frame TV. TV. Yeah, from uh, Samsung. We did that on the wall, so it looks like a piece of artwork. But then all of the gear is Macintosh. He's like, I want the best when it comes to power on my budget. So uh, we did a two-channel, 200-watt-per-channel integrated amp from, from Macintosh. We were a little limited on space because it is in an office. Macintosh uh, MT5 turntable, MS500 uh, streaming box, you name it, it's there. The CD player, Blu-ray player, all of that integrated into that space. And he actually had a cabinet custom built for it. Honestly, one of the coolest offices, like I, I wish I could make my office as good as that. I do have a, I think I mentioned before, uh, a set of speakers in my office and uh, I would love to have some floor standing speakers in here at some point. Like that really kind of inspired me to do better listening in my office space. Well, and I think the idea is to, when you think about when you listen to music, I know so many people that the time they actually get a chance to put on the stereo is when they're doing paperwork. And all the admin stuff that everybody has to do for their job. It kind of makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. If you're just going to zone out and, you know, chug through and power through a bunch of work, it's like, yeah, I'm going to put some music on in the background. Why not have it be good music <laughs> that sounds 
good and is awesome. It, it is hands down the time I listen to music the most is, you know, when I'm writing stuff up. Uh, well, we've talked a lot about a bunch of different rooms and hopefully gotten some cool ideas. And that's really all this is about. Just what's possible, some things that uh, you might be able to do, things that might inspire you. And so we'd love to hear from you. If you have some cool design ideas, examples, or some things that uh, you have questions on, feel free to reach out to us at thesoundofdesign.com. As usual, uh, like, comment, and subscribe. This has been The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya!